As storytellers and dreamers, there is always magic to discover. Once upon a time, a Las Vegas showgirl and a comedian magician figured out that even with different perspectives, our adventures and experiences together are really just one big caper. Welcome back to One Big Caper. We are delighted to have you join us again. We are an unscripted video cast, podcast, whatever. Uh, this is a chat show between my partner Athena and myself, Felix, and we are going to get going. Today's topic was a submitted one by our friend Kelly. I believe I can sell, say her first name, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so thank you, Kelly. We do encourage everybody to interact with us, and this is one of those topics. Uh, I will tell you, as an entertainer, for as long as I have been one, we don't see the forest through the trees, if you will. So there are a lot of things that we don't think about that uh, we understand are uh, curiosities for people who aren't in show business. And for that matter, people who are in show business, uh, some of these things might be a good reminder of experiences you've had that are uh, uh, odd. We take, we take it for granted. Uh, we had a discussion uh, in this podcast in a previous episode about... Um, uh, ethics and backstage and, and that kind of thing and <laughs> some of the things that I have been desensitized to I realize are pretty outrageous uh, to, to normal folks. It's with that in mind that today's topic is about jealousy when your partner is perhaps a topless dancer or a burlesque dancer or yeah. Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that the question is coming from an uh, uh, understandable perspective that I got interested in and dated and partnered up as an eventuality with someone who was a topless dancer uh, in Las Vegas in a show called Don Arden's Jubilee, the largest showgirl review to have ever happened in Las Vegas and the last real Las Vegas showgirl review. Athena was a principal dancer, and she was with the company for five years? Yep. Yes. Yep. How do I deal with jealousy? And people seeing me And naked. people seeing... You know, we did some math. You, you might find this interesting. <laughs> Reasonable math. Uh, and this came from a completely different topic of conversation, but we were talking about... How many, I think you were working on my website or something, but uh, how many people have I performed for live in a, in a live situation, uh -huh. television not included, just how many audience members have I had in my career? And reasonable estimates put it at, uh, I think we, we settled on tens of thousands, uh, mm -hmm. which, is, which is great and impressive and a good resume piece. The same... Arithmetic was applied to Athena's uh, five years in Jubilee, and we determined that it was not exaggerated at all, three million people. Start over. What? Not exaggerated at all. A figure that was not exaggerated in our calculations. Stop. What? <laughs> four million. Oh, four million. Oh, excuse me. In my entire career, four million people have I seen I was thinking boobs. about... Okay. With burlesque included? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But, right. I mean, that's what? 
maybe 5,000 total. <laughs> yes. So yeah. it doesn't really matter even if we didn't calculate. It is, it's simple arithmetic. We are talking about a showroom that set 1,000 people. 1,300. 13, more than 1,000 people. And how many shows a night? Two. How many days a week? Six. It adds up. Yeah. It adds up. Um, mm -hmm. Athena and I have not really had a discussion about any jealousy I might have ever felt um, about that. You know, we met when Athena was going through her uh, brief career in burlesque. And by that point, I had been working with burlesque shows for... Eight, when, nine, ten years, maybe? When we met, probably yeah, nine maybe, years. Yeah, nine years, okay. About nine years. Um, and so that's part of the desensitization that I alluded to earlier, mm -hmm. which is all of my coworkers were people whom I saw naked backstage. Uh, and that it, as an eventuality, it became uh, quite normal. I will tell you that had, if we had the ability, I think I've said this on a podcast before, but had we... Uh, been able to go back to 16-year-old Felix and explain <laughs> this is what you're going to be doing when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, I would have been beside myself. Being desensitized um, kind of came from my father, actually, uh, not in exposing me to things, but in explaining that uh, there's kind of a uh, falsely puritanical belief about the human body in our country and culture. Mm -hmm. And um, we have our theories, you know, this is going to get into one of Athena's soapbox issues <laughs> because uh, it is very patriarchal in nature. It's, uh, it's a uh, crowd control psychological design mm -hmm. uh, to install all of these systems and beliefs. Uh, and this was all done a very, very long time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, having to do with, uh, dominantly, I believe, the Catholic Church. Uh, we will not get into the history of the Catholic Church in this <laughs> podcast. I will tell you that I, I have had experiences. I used to attend, I, I was, in burlesque, they call it a burlesque husband, whether you're married or not. You assist your partner by hauling around bags of feathers or costumes uh, or, or chairs. chairs. <laughs> or chairs. <laughs> We're laughing about the chair because the chair was part of an act, uh, my favorite act that Athena designed. But uh, it was a good thing that at the time Athena drove a convertible because the only way for her to haul it around was to load it through the top of the car. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, there were experiences. I, I One comes to mind, and I forget the name of the, the place, but uh, this particular event was kind of, I, I would say... It was at a bar. It's burlesque immersion, meaning the the dancers are this close to the audience. Um, and, we're, and, and they are surrounded by the people in the in the bar. It was a small place, but uh, um, it inevitably Athena attracted a a, a suitor, a flirter, um, and I don't think I got a little jealous because I'm I'm never threatened. But I did go into protection mode where I, I was kind of more Athena's security at that point than, than anything else. I'll remind you of the this. show. Yeah, you're going to have to remind me. upstairs at a bar, um, small place. You started in the corner and your uh, intent was to walk through the crowd. And, and he just 
followed you through the crowd. Um, that wasn't the snug. That was down in the basement. Mm -hmm. No, it was farther north on the same strip. Uh, or farther east, rather. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I remember now. <laughs> that anyway, place isn't there anymore. No, it isn't. Um, but it happens. And I, and I guess my reaction is... One, it was when I was, interestingly enough, it was when I was a kid that my father and mother uh, came home from a rare vacation to uh, Las Vegas, and I think it was actually work-related somehow. Uh, there was a convention or something. Uh, nevertheless, they did take the time to see a Las Vegas show while they were there, uh, and my father came back, and I think I was probably 13 years old or something when he uh, described this the spectacular show, um, mm. uh, phenomenal show that they got to see. And it was a, by the way, uh, the women are topless in the show, but it really adds to the beauty of it. It's not a, it's, it, it wasn't, um, I, I can't remember how I put it because Athena's words get in my mind when I try to explain this to other people. It's fine. Um, but I think I grew up at least from, you know, those early teen years, uh, kind of having a, a modified perspective and, and um, uh, less maybe embarrassment or I, I don't know what else to say about like how I felt. It, it, it did help me go into the burlesque world uh, without being embarrassed or drooling or, or mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, not being misogynistic about seeing people without their clothes on. And, and by, by people, I don't mean in this experience of mine um it, it wasn't just women mm -hmm. I, I saw everybody naked uh, <laughs> it does it does help with the uh, the understanding the dynamics of personalities in the workplace but mm -hmm. uh but i was definitely desensitized yep yeah you were i was you know even going from my humble beginnings as a little prudish ballerina <laughs> It's the theater, and modesty doesn't fit in the theater. Like, it just doesn't, you know. Um, you go in a dressing room, and there's one big room for everyone to change in. And you can try to take time to go to a bathroom stall for privacy, but if you have a quick change, you're kind of in trouble. And it's just not, not a good idea to try to change. So you just, you know, you get desensitized. But, you know, we don't want people running around naked on the streets. I mean, I see men running topless all the time, and it's infuriating. <laughs> but that's my soapbox. Um, we don't want to see women running, no, because, well, it too much. It would hurt some women, I think. It would hurt, yeah. but, yeah, um, too much movement. And that was also the show that Felix's parents saw. We, we believe it was uh, not Jubilee, which was open. Stardust. It was at the Stardust. It was the Lido de Paris. Uh, Ale Lido was their last, the last, um, I think it was the 11th or 12th edition. I'm sorry, historians. My history is a little bit off. I think it's, um, the, it was the 12th edition of Ale Lido. And um, that was a Don Arden production. And Don really preferred thin girls, especially for the Stardust. Um, that was a Frank Rosenthal thing. He really, really liked the thin girls. So uh, a lot of them were on, you know, borderline eating disorder look, which was unfortunate. But um, the reason being is that they didn't want jiggle or bounce. And that's what 
portrayed the lack of jiggle and bounce and movement on the fleshy parts of the female form helped to portray this glamorous, elegant icon, not vulgar and... The lewdness is, is yeah, removed. Lewd. Is, yeah, Yeah. Um, so, and there was also, you know, to to that end, there there was uniformity. It's one of the frustrations that we've had with some recent productions or modifications to old productions uh, for the new age, is that we understand that that uh, imagined desire to have uniformity on stage, and and that's a, there's a point that I want to make to that, but imagine the Rockettes, you know, certainly you've seen the Rockettes, even mm -hmm. if it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day Parade or something, you've seen a kick line, and part of that spectacle is the uniformity in mm -hmm. in height and in build and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's part of the magic. It is part of the magic, so uh, this insistence on inclusivity, I totally understand, but... Um, it does shatter the the ability to produce a uh, uniform kick line like the old yeah. tradition. So uh, those are gone, e including the Rockettes. But my point to this is that one of the things we can consider is that in Jubilee, there were as many as 100 dancers, mm -hmm. and there was still that kind of uniformity. So... Uh, if people who saw Jubilee were asked to pick Athena out of a lineup in street clothes, they'd never be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, they'd never re recognize anybody from that show out out of context or out of costume. Right, because the costume, it became part of us, and then that transformed us into an actor or actress. Uh, uh, it was a character we played, really. And that's uh, that came up when... Um, and it's, it's weird that this topic is going towards like being a topless dancer, period. But, you know, there was some shame. I had some shame. I still carry some of that shame. My dad didn't come see me dance topless until my very last show. <laughs> and I, I got to be the center principal that day, which was really cool. But I had asked Linda Green, who was one of the original principals, your dad comes to see you all the time? Oh, yeah, he loves the show. And I'm like, but how does he watch you? And she said, he knows that I'm just playing a character. And my dad could never get past that because he has his own misogynistic tendencies and, and issues. But um, Catholic it, programming. Yep, the Catholic programming. We'll just, we'll just call it that. Yeah. But, you know, my, my um, first and second husband, they were, one of them was in the theater, so he understood and he was totally fine with it. There was still a lot of jealousy, but... The second husband, when I, you know, we got together, there was those rules of engagement, no jealousy. Like I met you as a topless dancer. We're not going to have any issues. And we didn't, he didn't have any issues, which was awesome. And we kind of had similar rules of engagement there. I mean, it was kind of unspoken, but we did say no jealousy. We did. Um, but I think because we had been, both of us married and divorced twice and gone through various levels of drama and those kinds of things. We were like, we're not interested in, in uh, entertaining <laughs> that energy in this relationship and this interaction, as I used to call it. But I think that for me, that was like a deal breaker. Like if you're going to be jealous, then that means you don't trust me. There's no trust. And um, then you don't respect my choices and, and, my decision to use my body in the way I want to. So 
had like for example if i decide oh i want to be a porn star now that would be a big conversation because that's going beyond just entertaining an audience with uh, just looking with my body so yeah i don't know that that go that's going to go into a whole other that could be another discussion <laughs> We still need so, to stay on a certain rating scale, though. <laughs> we're, we're definitely not shaming anyone. I know porn no. stars. I know porn yeah. stars who uh, have partners who are not mm -hmm. in the business. Uh, yep. And I've had a difficult time wrapping my head around that. But it's a little, uh, it's a I also uh, yeah. don't want to shame anybody who's Catholic. Um, <laughs> we just we, we exist where we do because of our own personal experiences, and uh, we don't feel um, superior or super enlightened or anything. No. Um, just these, these are our experiences. We did get to go to, you know, everybody when I was growing up, even my father, when he was talking about the showgirl show, he saw, uh, the Lido de, de Paris. Uh, so that was French based, of course. Uh, we did get to go to Europe in, uh, 2019 and see a show at the Lido. And we saw a show at the Moulin Rouge and, uh, these, these are like the, the root of, Showgirls, yeah, and we got to have that experience, which which was uh, yes. wonderful. I'll do it again tomorrow if we could. Yeah, uh, but I don't remember anybody's breasts. I I I can't picture anybody's no. breasts from going to no. those shows. <laughs> That's um, yeah. I think it's 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 a there's a lot of like you were saying earlier about my soapbox of the patriarchy. There's a lot of shame. It's like a ball that we have to just unravel and slowly just pick apart as a as a community as a as a collective to pick up these um, threads of shame because it's been placed on the female for so many years, millennia, that our bodies are something to be ashamed of. And that's my biggest problem. And I think that's where jealousy might come from is that there's this premise or foundation that it's not okay to show your body. And, uh, well, we all know bathing suits have gotten skimpier and skimpier oh, sure. as the years go yeah. by. I was yeah. offended <laughs> when I saw the, the, uh, the Olympics, the U.S. water polo team uniform. Hi, it's Felix here. I'm just breaking into one big caper to invite you to learn a little bit more about what I do. I'm sure at this point you know a bit, but I have been doing what I do since 1978. As a result of having a poorly spelled name, was able to buy the URL just, oh, I don't know, 30 years ago. P-H-E-L-Y-X dot com. And Almost I wasn't sexualized sure athletes, why. which was... Yes, and yeah. that upset me because it felt like it was sexualizing athletes. Athletes have amazing bodies that they train hours and hours and years blood, sweat, and tears, and I felt like, why is that necessary? Uh, so that, that to me was like hmm, a little upsetting, even though I've done burlesque, I've done striptease on stage, I have been a topless showgirl, and that meant no pasties, nipples out, and I was offended by the water polo <laughs> uniform. I think it's because they were sexualizing athletes. It, it was out of yeah, place. It, yeah, it fell out of place for sure. Like, because I feel like there's also a place. Like, I, I think uh, a Fort Collins judge has ruled that women can walk around topless. Mm -hmm. So up north, we can walk around topless if we want to. 
uh, in the city town of Fort Collins. You know, San Francisco had to pass legislation to force men to wear clothes when they go into a public place. So um, there was okay. weird freedom that men were just thinking they, they had in San Francisco. They would go into a restaurant nude hmm. and sit to eat. <laughs> so I there's guess, a, there's a line, I suppose. I get, yeah, I don't eat, even home, I don't eat naked. Um, no, there's a, I guess there's... A, <laughs> but, I mean, there... We have definitions of what is appropriate. I think each of us does, but I also think, like I said, it's there's a premise or a root foundation that, based on our upbringing, our experiences, the nature versus nurture, all of those things, build on that thing. So um, you don't cook bacon when you're naked, and there's obvious reasons why, right? <laughs> so there's that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's not... I, I think that first we unravel the shame. Where does the shame come from? Uh, why is it there? Why why is it bad for women to show their bodies? We, we go there first. And then we decide, okay, do I trust this person? Do I respect their choices? And and how they can handle their, their selves, their bodies, and their sovereignty, right? So... That's that's pretty much all I have to say about jealousy because we just we don't we don't have it. We don't experience it. I I can tell you that had I not spent that time in burlesque, uh, it it may have been a lot more for me to get used to, a lot more for mm -hmm. me to be comfortable with, I suppose. Um, but again, you know that brief synopsis of. Lido in Las Vegas from my dad, I think, uh, helped modify my perception and perspective. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really cool because I didn't have that. <laughs> I just went to my first topless show was uh, the Folie Berger. That was the first one I saw. And uh, that was towards the end, so the last probably decade of the show being open. So it wasn't in all of its old glory. So I did... I can close on this. Um, in the sh in the burlesque shows, uh, which I I did almost three thousand of them, uh, I met a lot of the partners of my my coworkers, and there seemed to be kind of a, a I I don't know a, a support group maybe of <laughs> of some kind for some of the new people. You know, it was uh, uh, these. The By party. and large, are, are very attractive people, so uh, I, I got to, and they were generally a lot younger than I, uh, but there was a lot of dating going on and that kind of thing out, outside of, uh, of showbiz. Uh, we broke that rule. But <laughs> I, I met a lot of partners, uh, men and women both, who uh, some of them you could almost tell that they wouldn't be able to process it or file it in a place that that it was okay so i have seen the jealousy and mm -hmm. and kelly i know exactly what you're asking about but uh we're gonna speak you know just from our perspective and and i hope i've i've answered your question um <laughs> i don't experience it uh and i i don't think i should i don't i don't think anybody should because like athena said uh the best relationships are built on trust from the beginning yeah yeah. 
I forgot to touch on the the possession part of it. Oh, edit. Yeah. yeah. So there's uh, there are certain signs of the zodiac that have more tendency to jealousy than others. Scorpios. <laughs> um, I have a Scorpio moon, which is funny because that's all about the emotions of some. Uh, your moon sign is your. Basically, when I was born, the moon was in Scorpio. So if you're confused about astrology, <laughs> I can't help you. I'm an amateur astrologist uh, or astrologer. Uh, but I think that jealousy be comes from a place of I possess this person. And I think that has also been set up. We, we were talking about how women came with a dowry not too long ago. And so that was a possession. That was somebody's touching my things. And yes, we do. When we get married, we sign into a, a contract of sorts. And, but I still don't think it's a possession, really. Like, like, for example, a slave was a possession back in those days. Yeah, viewed um, as such, which is... Viewed as such. Yeah. I'm not... Yeah, that, sorry, that... That's, that was the first thing I could think of that sure. was like a, I hold this person as mine. And I think that a lot of relationships can deteriorate or become really uncomfortable when there's that, you are mine. If you hold some, any creature down against their will, they fight back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So hopefully that answers the <laughs> question. I mean, how, yeah. Um, like four million people have seen my boobs. Yep. So yeah, I feel like I want to recalculate that because it doesn't feel right. But maybe it, it sounds like an extraordinary figure, but yeah. it does. It adds up. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I've been performing for forty years, and and I have not even come close to that number. Yeah, no one's seen Live your shows. nipples. I, well, no, I haven't shown my nipples to more than one audience <laughs> at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we, if we didn't answer your question, by all means, ask us more or ask us to elaborate about any element of this. We really want to be a viewer, listener-driven product, podcast, video yes. cast. Yes, and thank you to Vanessa for the email. We love you. It was uh, Kelly's. This was Kelly's question. No, I know, oh. but... Oh, yes. Thank you, Vanessa. I'm saying yes, thank yeah, you, that Vanessa. Was, that, was, that was lovely compliments and, yes. and, uh, and thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. We can't keep doing this without you. Give us just a little bit of your time by subscribing, sharing, rating, or talking about One Big Caper with someone else. We truly appreciate your support. We want to hear your stories. Visit OneBigCaper.com to get to know us even more. This episode of One Big Caper was published in 2022. All rights to broadcast in whole or in part are the property of Gazellus Productions, LLC.